Welcome to the Postcast, featuring three-time champion and one of the original 3&D guys, James Posey. I'll be your host, Jameson Welsh, and this week we are joined by another three-time champion and one of the best blue guys of the 1990s. Uh, we are joined today by Mario Ellie. Mario, how's everything going today? Everything's great. Thank you guys for having me. And me, what's good, baby? Uh, all good. You know how it is. You know, got the <laughs> Tribe Called Quest shirt, ready for the playoffs. You know it. Those are playing at a high level right now. It's been fun watching guys perform in a bubble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where'd your love of basketball, where did that start at? Um, it started with my big brother, Claude. God bless him. He's not with us no more. It started with him. Um, baseball was my first sport growing up in New York. You know, I grew up a lot, around a lot of Spanish cats. So, you know, they like baseball. So I was <laughs> playing baseball. Then my brother like, yo, man, we, you got to play some hoop. So then once I joined my brother, you know, we'll go to different parks around New York City with our fire. We'll be there from 8 to 5, Pose. We win every game, you know. That's how it is. You lose, you ain't get back on the court. Right, so, right. I thank my big brother, Clark Ellie, for getting me started for the love of the game. Wow. Now, Mario, you went 160th in the draft um, back when they had a bunch of rounds back in the 80s. What was draft night like for you? Because now we only have two rounds, and it's over within, like, three hours. How was draft night? What was your experience on that night? My, my, my draft night was sort of a different experience than everybody else. Because when I was coming out of New York high school, I was one of the best players to come out. But um, I wasn't taking care of my books. So I ended up going to a D2 school. So I always felt I had, I had the talent, but I didn't take care of it on my end. So I had the best to make the best of my situation. Was a three-time All-American and American International. And um, I was just in the park hanging out with my friends. I didn't even think I was going to get drafted. And my mom comes running to the park all excited. Said, you, get dra you got drafted. You got drafted by the Bucks." So I'm like, what round? I'm like, Pose, I'm the second to last pick in the draft. <laughs> that would be a good trivia question. A <laughs> round pick that played double figures in the NBA that got three championships. So wow. I was excited, man. I was like, wow. You know, the funny thing, guys, I was sort of a small forward slash power forward in college. So when I got to that Milwaukee training camp that, that summer, fellas, I was the second shortest guy in camp. So I got it. I had to go for playing small forward, power forward. Don Nelson said, you the point guard for your little squad. You got to play point. So that was just a crazy experience for me. Now you go from training camp with the Bucks, but you didn't go directly to the NBA. You had some stops before you got settled, settled along in the league. Can you express what exactly took place after that training camp? Yeah, I just felt I needed, once I went to the, the training camp, I knew I had a lot of stuff to work on. I needed to get stronger. I needed to work on my you know, ball handling and uh, my shooting. So I said, let me go overseas. Let me try overseas. So at the time when I got released by the Bucks, I played with a college tour team who would just scrimmage against college players. And there was a team from Ireland there, and I happened to have a good game that night. So. They asked me, hey, you know, you want to come over here and play? You know, the basketball is not as high. The pay is good. and You know, get to see the world a little bit. So that sort of started my journey. You know, I went to Ireland, had a great time, played six months over there, then came back home, played in the USBL with the Miami Tropics, you know, playing with World Be Free. I don't know a lot of you young ballers don't know. I know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> then I went to Argentina. Then I went to Portugal. Then I played in the 6'5 and under league. Back to Portugal. 
And then that's when I started my CBA journey. And then once George Carl and Terry Stotts were my coaches, my second year in the CBA, they saw something in me. And that's where it took off for me. Got called up by the Sixers, then the Warriors, and the rest is history. So during that journey, that's where you, you could say you, you got that toughness from a little bit, that, you know, you was focused, you locked in. So you say that journey helped you with your toughness. And like you said, you had to develop some things where right away you knew, you know what I'm saying, that you wasn't ready, but you prepared yourself, huh? Yeah, you know how guys are in the league uh, 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 pose when, you know, you know, I drafted, you know, you got first round picks, walk around like they all that. I just felt I had a chip in my shoulder. That's what developed. Because I felt, you know, coming like I told you guys earlier, coming out of high school, I was one of the best guys coming out of New York. We got eight to 10 million people in the Big Apple. So I felt, you know, at the time my skills were good enough, but I needed to polish them. So when I went overseas uh, and over there, you know, if you go overseas, them guys train twice a day over there. So that, that really worked out for me, lifting in the morning and working on my skill set in the evening. So when I felt I was ready to give it a go in the NBA, I went to the CBA. Had a pretty good fair and then, like I mentioned to you guys, got with George Carl and Terry Stotts. Also guys trying to go up to the, from the CBA like me. Everything just came together really, really good. So at, at what point did you know, like, I got my shot and I'm about to take advantage of it? It, was, it was funny you say that pose. I remember getting called up by the Warriors. Um, when I got called up by Philly, I really didn't really get a chance. So Don Nelson, I flew from Albany to Denver. We were playing Denver that night. So I go in Don Nelson's room. He said, Mario, I'm going to give you 25, 30 minutes tonight. You got to show me what you got. Just like Eminem hitting that stage, you know, with that Bob <laughs> D beat. And he beat my man, you know, to win the title. So I went out there, posed. I let it all hang out. I had 14 and 11. I had a double-double we lost. But I played really good. And next thing you know, Don Nelson signed me the rest of that year and the next year. And that's how the journey started, man. It was pretty cool. That's what's up, I had that man. one night in Denver pose, your old stopping ground. He said, yo, I want to throw you out there. Show me what you got. So I <laughs> played against Reggie Williams, uh, Brian Stiff and them, and I had a pretty good game that night. Okay, be stiff, okay? Yeah, be stiff. That's my man. Old Dominion, baby, be stiff. <laughs> <laughs> now, after, you know, after your debut with the Warriors, you kind of bounced around a little bit until you wound up in Houston. What was it like before you got on and caught on with Houston and get that solid role? What was it like before that particular stop? It, it was fantastic because I got a chance to team up with my high school teammate, Chris Mullen, uh, uh, Mitch Richmond, and Tim Hardaway. Those guys really taught me how to be pros. Those guys taught me how to prepare for NBA season in the summer. So I had a, I had a good season and a half with them. But then Portland Trailblazers came and offered me my first million-dollar deal. So I was real excited about that. Uh, me and Jeff Preacher, we got good history. So he saw something in me. So I signed my first big deal with Portland. Uh, I remember, you know, playing with Clyde, Terry Porter, Rod Strickland. We had a very good team. Cliff Robinson, uh, Jerome Kersey, my man, God bless him. He's not with us. And Kevin Duckworth, two great guys on that team who are not with us no more. Um, we got bounced by the Spurs the first round. And um, I know they were trading uh, Duckworth in the offseason. So I was vacationing in San Francisco. So when I came back from San Francisco back to Portland, my phone rang. I was traded. I said, where am I going? And they said, to Houston. I'm like, man, I'm going with Elijah Wood. Hey, I was fired up. Hey, nothing against uh, Clyde and Curse and uh, my man Duck. But I said, I'm going to play with the dream. 
And me and Vernon was already good friends from battling against each other. I said, man, I'm going to play with Vern and Dream. So that was just a blessing for me. You know, I got traded into two championships, two back-to-back championships. Ended up staying with Houston five years. That was just a great run, a great time for the city. Uh, just great players, great teammates, Sam Cassell, Robert Ory. And shout-out to Robert Ory. Today's his birthday. Seven rings. Big shot, Rob. Big shot. Happy birthday, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I had I was blessed. A guy, 160th pick, Division II. Uh, people counting him out. Uh, end up playing 11 years. End up having three championships. End up being one of the uh, top 10 Rockets of all time in 1997. You know, that was a big honor. Standing up there with the great Moses Malone and Rob Sampson and Akeem. And mm. Charles and Clyde, these are top 50 of the greatest players. So I'm glad that people appreciate me and Pose sort of play the same type of game. And at the end, people appreciate what we do. Rotating on defense, taking charges, being ready to hit the big shot when, when it's called upon us, when we don't get touches on a regular basis. Guard right. the best guy in the playoffs. So yep. guys like me and him and Bruce Bowen and guys like that are very important to championship ball clubs. Jameis, I'm glad you said glue guy. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of being a glue or role player. That's okay. You have to find your niche in the league and you'll be around for a while. I tell young guys all the time, don't get caught up in scoring. Do stuff that's going to help your team win. That's what it's all about. And that's how you stay around the NBA for a long time. Most definitely. I mean, like I said, they, they say three and D now, you know what I'm saying? But you was, you've been doing this, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, glue guy, hey, I like that. I like it too. You know, it's just, uh, you know, what they say nowadays, you know, 3 and D. Yeah. Speaking on that first the championship you had in 94, coming to that team right there, when did you know that y'all actually had a chance to win? And then how was it? Because you still had you had a young Sam, you still had Kenny, and you talked about your man Vernon Max. Tell me how that went and how was that, you know, the mindset in going into that season? Well, when we all got together in Galveston, oh, you know Houston very well. Um, we went into a, a hot gym down there, and we just got after it. Uh, we were very competitive. You know, you had me and Sam on the five minutes. You got Vern and Kenny starting guards. Like, these guys trying to get on the court. You know, then Robert and Otis out there. Then you got Carl, Herrera, you know, Eric Riley, and, of course, the great Akeem Olajuwon. We just was very competitive. You know, in in, uh, in training camp, and it sort of carried over to the season. We started off the season fifteen and zero. We came out the gate storming. I think we uh started our first twenty five games. We were twenty two and three, and we just all had a good sense. I think the year before the Rockets lost in a tough seven game series against the Sa- Sonics in the second round, and I think that momentum carried over to this year. They added the pieces. You know, myself, Sam got drafted, and uh, the development of Robert. But we just came together real well. You know, Vernon, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for how good he was. That guy made so many game time and clutch shots for us that year, Pose. We jumping on him like every other week because he's had a big <laughs> shot. Vernon's going 0 for 14. And he, he always thinks he's going to make the best shot. One of the best teammates you could ever want to have. If you want to get in the bunker with somebody, Vernon Maxwell's your guy. And, um, <laughs> We had a great season that year. We ended up winning our conference, winning 59 games. And the playoffs are tough, man. You know, you got to see Carl Malone, Stockton, first round. You got to see Sir Charles, 
Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Danny Ainge and them in the second. And uh, what was that third? Who, who we played the third round that year? I think we played Portland in the first round, Phoenix the second, then uh, Utah to go to the final. We, we, we whipped them real quick, 4-1. Then it was a great series. Two of the best defensive teams, two of the best defensive centers, Elijah and Ewan, Mason, Oakley, Charles Smith. Dream had to deal with all them guys, man. Right. You know, Seven-game series banging with those guys. Pose, you saw that series. They changed uh, yeah. a lot of rules to the games because of that series. But that's what happens when you it's got – It's <laughs> Yeah, you got two of the grittiest teams, too hard. Myself, Mason, you got a lot of rough riders on both squads. So it's going to be physical and grimy. Y'all wouldn't take no fouls home either. Exactly. You know, <laughs> games were 75, 76. It was hard to score on that good deep. But uh, it was good. We had home court. You know, we, we were down 3-2 coming back home. Elijah had a lot of confidence. He got that block in game six. And once going into game seven, we just felt good about everything. Everybody ordered their limousines to party after the game. We was ready, Pose. We, we knew we was going to win. So just an amazing feeling, Pose. You know, you can't explain it. When you win something like that, you saw it in the video, championship video, dream just staring into the sky. All the hard work, all the failures you have, you know, all the jumpers you shoot as a young fella in high school, Xavier, you know what I'm saying, American International, all the shots we put in and to finally reap the reward, uh, that champagne burning your eyes. I mean, Sam, lucky buddy, he coming to two championships. <laughs> with every year, they win another one. So, I mean, Otis. I mean, so many just good guys. The city, people crying in the city. They never won nothing before. We're the first team to really bring joy to that city. It, it was just an amazing moment. I mean, that summer was just amazing, Pose. You know how it is. You don't have to pay for nothing. Everybody right. knows you. You don't have to wait on the line at the club. They let Not you right up in front. VIP, you know, you don't have to pay for that. You know how that go, big dog. So that was just an amazing experience, bro. You experienced it. It's just nothing like it. Nobody can ever take that away from me. You know, and it's good to this day. I'm going to be 57. And every time I walk around Houston, the kiss of death. I mean, dang, y'all still remember that 20 years later? So it's pretty neat, man. You know, it's pretty neat. Now, where does the kiss of death come from? Because you've done it several times. It's most notably uh, in the Phoenix series, but also when you closed out the former 99. Where does that come from? It's funny. We started, me and Joe Klein started messing with each other um, in 95, started game five. So he would make a shot, he'll blow a kiss at me, and I'll make a shot, I'll blow a kiss at him. But, of course, in game seven with 20-some seconds to go, who you know who got the last kiss? It was funny if you see the moment. I really didn't feel my teammates on me. I was so loud. I was so caught in the moment and looking at Joe Klein and looking at him turn red over there and blowing him to kiss of death. It wasn't nothing like it. He was just over there mad. I could see it just coming out of his face. And when I see the video, Sam, Chucky, everybody's jumping on me. But if you see me, I'm just so locked in. It was great listening to the great Kobe Bryant when he had that 81. I ain't going to talk about anything, Kobe Bryant. He said, I was just caught in the moment. I couldn't hear the crowd. I couldn't, the great ones. They block all that out. And when you get, like, a good moment like that, Pose, you made some big shots. It's just a great moment. You caught up in it. And I blew Joe Klein the kiss of death, boy. He's turning red as apple over there. He was bad. He was bad. I said, y'all going home for the summer, baby. 
See you later. Game seven. <laughs> but yeah, that's where the kids came from, man. We were just having fun with it. And like you said, it carried over. It just stuck with me. So compared between the uh the two teams, so 94, you you come in, you win, and then you come right back 95 and win. What was the, I mean, sort of a change? Was it a different mindset then? Or was the same feeling there? It was like we just gonna we gonna get another. Pose, uh, Kenny said it best. We got fat cat items. You know, we thought we was all lad. You know, we like, oh, we gonna win it easy. And as you know, when you're a champion, you're the hunted. You know, you getting everybody's best game every night. You know, so uh, we got off to a rough start. You know, our chemistry was bad. I think Dream was a little banged up in and out the lineup with his knee. So we were just in a funky championship hangover. Championship hangover. Yeah, we were sort of in a funky place, man. We were trying to figure it out, losing games we shouldn't be losing. So the, the organization felt they had to make a change, and nobody knew about it. You know, and and uh, the name Clyde Drexler came up. I'm like, man, who we gonna move to get Clyde? Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, you know, they said it was for OT. So the trade happened. We were very upset because we went to war with OT. We war with OT. I said, right. give us a chance and get it done, but they pulled the trigger. But I give Clyde credit. He understood the guy. He had to gain our respect. And Dream had missed the last maybe 15, 18 games of the season. I tell you what, man, Clyde Drexler was averaging close to over 30 points a game. Even though we didn't have a good record, we I felt, you know, with Dream coming back and Clyde playing the way he does, mm-hmm. I feel we could make some good things happen. So toward the end of the season, we saw that we was playing some good ball. And, um, of course, first round again, Utah. God, these guys are pain in the butt. We go to five games with them. We beat them in five. You know, that's when Vernon left the team in the middle of the playoffs. You know, he wasn't happy with his playing time. So other guys had to step up. You know, I remember Clyde having that big game four at home with 40. Then we went up there to Utah and beat them at their spot in game five. Then we go to Phoenix. Get down 3-1 to them. And we mm. got to win two out of three at their spot. So game five, Clyde is sick. Clyde is at the hotel with a 100-degree temperature. But he comes yeah, he up, had a flu, did he? Yeah, he comes 35 minutes before the game, bro. Wow. And him trying to go, that just lift the team. This dude's trying to, you know, he really wants it that bad. So sort of lifted the team. We beat them in overtime, worked them at the crib, and then on the game seven, you know, anything can happen. And that's what happened. Kevin Johnson was amazing. I think he had 46. He was cooking that night. But I felt whoever had the ball last was going to win. So Danny Ainge made a mistake dub- doubling off me in the backcourt. We spaced the floor. Uh, Robert found me in the corner. Danny Shay's like, I ain't leaving Dream under the basket. I said, okay, thank you. So thank you. <laughs> once I set them feet poles, it's a wrap. As soon as I let that go, that thing felt good. I didn't want that Kawhi Leonard shot hit the rim nine times. I wanted that all net. If I joined with all net, wow. You know, turned around and blew him the kiss of death. Have a happy, have a good summer, buddy. See you later. <laughs> Charles was so mad. That's my man, boy. Love getting under his skin. Charles was like, that Houston team, man. I'm like, yep, we beat them two years in a row in game seven, man. West was tough back then. Then we got David Robinson the next round, MVP. And Dream is just, God, that dude was so good that series. It was amazing. Under those circumstances, playing the MVP with no home court. We didn't have no home court that whole playoffs. 
and we playing Shaq, we playing David Robinson, Barkley, Malone. We had the hardest road out of any championship team that year at 72%. I That's mean, we got, then we got to go to see Shaq, a young Shaq and Penny. They jumped on us hard in that game one. We came back and got them. Thank God for Kenny Smith. But once we came back and beat them, posed that first game, we broke their will. That broke their back. Came out and blew them out the second game. And once we got to the crib, we said, we ain't going back to Orlando. Right. We had enough of Disney World. So <laughs> we took care of the business at home and swept them. You know, so, I mean, we oh. played some good players. Hey, you know, those are some good, good players. You know, right. Penny and Shaq, Dennis, right. Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, Darrell Armstrong, Byron, uh, Byron Shore. I mean, these guys were, they had a squad. And she, young Shaq? Yeah. Shaq was ducking hard back there, boy. Agile Shaq, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Shaq was ducking Shaq. hard back there, boy. Hey, like you said, folks, agile, strong, quick. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, what was it like during that game one where David Robinson's getting the MVP trophy and Dream is like looking at him like, all right, and then we saw what happened after. What was it like going into that game, watching him get that trophy? Dream was hot. And Dream said, yo, that's my trophy. I mean, I put my hand in slap and fire. My, and he about broke my hand. I'm like, man. But he was so locked in. I never seen a guy so focused before his series. And Robert said it in our championship video. He pulling moves I never see him do. I'm like, he went deep in the bag. When Dream comes to the gym, he got a bag full of stuff. He got jumper, jump hook, fadeaway, mid-range, left hand, right hand. But he put somebody, he dug deep in the bag. He gave Dave Robson maybe two fakes on one plate. I'm like, boom, then gave him the up and under. Uh, and then the, the finger roll backwards. I mean, he he played at an elite level, man. I mean, 35 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, and three blocks against the MVP. Come on, man. That, that, that's just that's just playing at an elite level. You know, that's Jordan S. You know, that's LeBron. That's KD. When you when you when you're a great player like that, you got to play great in great moments, especially in the playoffs. You know, you got that's what that. That separates you from everybody. Your performance, when the money's on the line and you raise your level of play like that, that's superstar. That's a superstar right there. And Dream was just amazing that game. And he would not let us lose. We, we won two in San Antonio. San Antonio was good. They came back right back. They got two right back. But then we won the next two games because uh, Sam had a big game three. Dream was consistent. And Dream was just great at game six. He's like, yo, we're not going back to San Antonio. And just that series, man, it was just an amazing – I mean, seeing the guy perform at that level, and it's a pleasure playing with that guy for five years. He made my job easy. Mm-hmm. Folks, you know how it is. When you get beat, Dream yeah. said, I got you. <laughs> Dream's oh, like, don't worry about it, Mario. I got you. you yeah. know, so I used to be pressing up on these guys. When I get beat, I said, go for it, because 34 back there. <laughs> 34 right. back there. Good luck. Yeah. I know that feeling, having a big fella like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It come in handy, and that's why you could be aggressive. You could be aggressive then. Yes, sir. Now, what was it like in the finals? You mentioned the 95 finals you guys went against Orlando. What was it like watching Kenny Smith get hot? Because we see him every Thursday and now almost every day on TNT during the bubble and whatnot. But what was it like seeing him get hot during the finals when the stakes were at their highest? Kenny don't get the respect he deserves. That dude was a good point guard. He was a great college player. He was a great high school player. He was a great player at all levels. Um, 
and it was good to see him get his moment. You know, Kenny's a big part of our team. We don't win those two championships without him. I know everybody talks about Dream. Everybody talks about Kiss of Death. You know, Robert Orris, big shot. Sam Cassell, big shot. But Kenny makes one of the biggest shots of the playoffs. That three to tie it. You know, when Nick Anderson, I feel bad for Nick, missing four in a row. You know, that's, you know, he was having a good game that game. And, uh, and that sort of messed with him the rest of the series. So I remember uh, listening to Penny talk about the situation. So they came in the huddle and uh, they posted switch something. I guess they were talking in the huddle. Nick was still a little mad he missed the free throw. So they really messed up the communication. I think they posted switch. So if you see the play, Penny was waiting for somebody to switch. So he was late trailing Kenny. So Kenny gets the ball. And uh, Penny knows he's hot, so Kenny stops, goes up to shoot, pump fakes him, and Penny's trailing and flies right by him. Kenny said once he flew right by him, when the shooter sees a goal, he made seven that night, he let it go, and we tied that game. And once we tied that game, I saw a look in the young team's eyes that they were sort of defeated. You know, they were sort of defeated. Dream has the big tip in overtime. We win by two. And I saw the, a defeated young squad. So, uh. We came in the next game. We played Orlando the next game, beat them by 20. So you got a team, young team down 2-0. We going back home. You know, you know how it is, Pose. That that mental part of the game is very important in the playoffs. You got to always believe. But when you when you let doubt creep in, you know, you're able to beat some of these young teams. <clears throat> so you leave, you leave Houston, you get two chips in, in, in Houston. Then you end up in San Antonio, where you was a big factor in beating those guys as well along the, along the, along the way to the championships. So now you join them. They got a young Tim Duncan. They had, you know, David Robson also, and they was also coached by Pop. How was that experience, and, and what did you take from the Rockets to the Spurs, if, if you can compare the two? It was an amazing experience. You know, I, I had a choice. I was a free agent. It was either – I had two great friends, Avery and Terrell Brandon. So I'm like, should I go to Minnesota with TV and Garnett, or should I stay here, you know, roll with uh, San Antonio? I sort of like what San Antonio had, you know, especially with the Twin Towers back there, you know, Dave and Tim. Right. So it was the lockout year, as you remember, Pose. It was that 99 C1, he played 50 games. Yep. And um, I remember going to training camp. I'm like, okay. I got Jaron Jackson here as a starting two. Okay, I tell Avery Johnson, I said, give me two or three weeks. That'll be my starting job. <laughs> no, that'll be my starting job. <laughs> so we struggling. You know, we come out the gate struggling that year, six and eight. And Popovich comes to practice one day. All right, guys, we're about to make a change in the starting lineup. I'm like, about damn, you know, I'm saying to myself, about damn time, you know. <laughs> so I got inserted. You know, and things sort of picked up. Because I, you know, I had championship experience posed, and I really challenged Dave and Tim to be mm. tougher and to be better. You know, you are leaders. You know, we need to follow you guys, but you guys need to have some, a little oomph. You know, and I took a lot of flack for that in that year because, uh, you know, Dave and Tim are just the nicest guys, you know. You know, they don't offer no feathers. So here I come ruffling feathers. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny, we end up winning. But Popovich at the end is like, thank me for that. But I just brought some leadership and toughness to the lineup and the edge. Didn't mind competing. You know, and the guys saw that. And uh, we sort of went 14-0 and after that. You know, 
We went from six and eight, pop about to get fired, you know, to 14 straight, you know, us and uh, Utah fighting for that top spot. And I remember we playing Utah in a big game. And um, it's, it's, it's Tim Dunn. They talking about Tim Duncan and Carl Malone. And Tim dominates Carl Malone that, that game, I remember, at the Alamo Dome. And that's sort of where the torch was passed, Pose, from David. Tim, this is your team. I can't hold you back, bro. You're just too good. And David just passed the torch, and David was there for him to support him, whatever he needed. He needed me to play D. And it was just good to watch. Dave, you know, Dave's been great for years. But here come a young boy, Tim Duncan. And uh, it was good to be part of that, watching number 50 pass it to 21. And Tim was just too good to hold back. And you saw what he did in that playoff. He averaged 33 and 15 against the Knicks in the finals. I mean, we swept the Lakers. We swept the Blazers with Rasheed, Sabonis, Jimmy Jackson, Walt Williams, Damon Stoudemire, Greg Anthony. I mean, they were stacked, you know. They were stacked. And we ended up sweeping both those guys in the playoffs. I mean, Garnett and them beat us one game in the first round, and the Knicks beat us one game. But it was just an amazing run. You know, great teammates. Sean Elliott making big shots. That big, you know, the big memorial massacre three in the corner when we were down 20 in the playoffs. That broke that young Blazer team back. They had us down. We came back. You know, the ego is fragile. You know, when you come back and teams don't recover from that. So we went on and swept them. They, they were dominating us, Pose. But we came back. Sean Elliott got hot. Sean Elliott hits that three. Rasheed misses it by that much. And we went on and win that year. You know, and uh, Tim was amazing. Dave was amazing. Sean Elliott playing with a liver condition. You know, no, he didn't tell nobody. I mean, Jaron Jackson had big games for us. Malik Rose and Antonio Daniels, Steve Kerr. We had a great group, man, and uh, led by Popovich. And that's when it started for Popovich. And we got him his first one. And he went to get four after that. Great organization. Great to be part of that, uh, that, that team. So, you, I mean, y'all end up winning against the Knicks 4-1. What was the difference in that Knicks team and that San Antonio team compared to, you know, that Houston team? Wow. I mean, the two things uh, that are consistent poses being top in defense. As you know, me and you know, you can't control offense. But one thing you control is your effort and the defensive side of the ball. And those two championship teams, we're committed to defense. You know, we're committed to defense. You know, when guys will beat me, I mean, you got Dave and Tim to deal with. I remember Spreewell trying to get that last shot off in the garden. I mean, both Dave and Tim are both contested this shot, and he shot an air ball. You know, we just had guys, great system guys who knew where to be at on defense, who knew where to funnel, who were ready to help. And uh, those three championship teams were top defensive teams in the league that I was on. So, um that's what it takes, man. You got to lock up. You got to get stops, especially on the road. You know, the offense, you know, it gets tough in the guard. You know how it is in their pole. They get loud up in New York, man. That crowd right. is on top of you. So <laughs> I got to experience it with the Rockets and with the Spurs. I mean, that crowd is tough. You know, family members in the stands fighting with the Knicks fans. Knicks fans always <laughs> want to fight all the time. So. All the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just a hostile environment up there, you know, so. But uh, it's just me being from New York, two poles, growing up five minutes from the garden and right. beat my 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 uh, team when I was young twice. Right. I, mean, I tell y'all just a quick tidbit. After the game, I didn't take off my jersey. 
I wore my jersey till 9.30 the next morning with gators on. I'm, you know, <laughs> Kenny Point, champagne on me all night. I, I left my jersey on all night till I got to the hotel the next morning. That's how good I felt, being at home, winning the championship. You know, be, yeah, in the yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't write nothing better than that, folks. You know, I'm hanging out with my boys. I mean, people laughing at me. They just pouring bubbly on me all day. It was, it was a great night. It was a great night. Yeah, that's great. Hey, so how the game is played now, and you talk about the Twin Towers, do you think that ever will come back to have two dominant bigs? play how they played? I hope so, man. We need to get back. We're playing European basketball, you know, spacing the floor, bigs picking and popping. I mean, it's funny when I'm watching the game how guys can't take advantage of switches. I could imagine Carl Malone, Shaq, Dream, Barkley, you know, them guys getting switches. I know what they would do. They would just punish them down low. And it's sad to see. I mean, Steven Adams is 7'2", 270, Tucker, Covington, house switching on him, and he can't punish you. You tell me, Paul, you go down there to Shaq. Shaq can have four guys under the basket just eating in there. So that sort of bothers me a little bit. I mean, I know Steph Curry's great. You know, I know the three balls trying to change the game. But to me, shooters need to shoot threes. I hate when guys shoot contested threes. You know, that bothers me the most. What happened to the show and go? A little mid-range. Twos are good some of the times, you know. That's why I love watching Chris Paul. You know, I play with guys, San Cassell, Nick Van Nexel. All these guys had great three and mid-range games. Yep. You know, these guys were very, very effective, you know, with all three phases, you know. A lot of guys are just either lay up a foul or three. No, mid-range all right. Floaters are all right, you know. Just just put the ball in the hole. Yes. And then, and then come back and get a stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. So bomb and lead the fast breaks. I, you know, the Rockets, you get big leads. But when you take these bad threes, you allow teams to come back. You know, they always draw, have big leads. And I always tell my boy, don't let them back in again the because they're going to keep firing. So right. that's what happened. So now they're, in a, now they're in a tough series. James is tired. He's having to do a lot and no rust. You know, you have to contain them three OKC guards. That's no picnic, man. Them guys are tough. Them three guys are tough. They are. Yep. Now, Mario, you played with uh, a young Tim Duncan that was entering his prime. He played with prime the king. Uh, what were some of the similarities with both of those bigs? Both fundamentally sound, uh, both mentally tough, but – if I'm going to take one guy, I got to take 34 all day, every day. I love both of them. Um, they're on my all-time starting five. You know, I got uh, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Tim, and Elijah on as my all-time. I know they got Chamberlain and Shaq and a, a Kareem, but that's just my five. But both guys are just very selfless players. Tim gets double T. He throwing it out. You know, same as Elijah on. Uh, both great defenders. Uh, I think Tim was probably a better uh, a position defender, but Dream, to me, was a better shot blocker because of his athleticism, you know. Dream has a signature move, the fadeaway, you know. I mean, both guys' footwork are impeccable. To me, they're 1A and 1B. And um, I tell my kids all the time, look, at, I had the pleasure of playing with both those guys. I had the pleasure of playing with Barkley, uh, Jason Kidd, uh, Clyde Drexler, uh, Chris Mullen. I mean, I played with some just – 
some outstanding players. Um, and uh, when you play with guys like that, it makes your job easy. You just got to be ready, ready to make shots. You know, them guys are going to create situations for you to succeed. You just got to be ready to capitalize on it. So, But uh, Dream, man, God, just an amazing talent. I can maybe count on one hand in five years the bad games he had. He was just always at an elite level. He was, his button was always on, sort of like Michael Jordan. They was always on. When the lights came on, them guys were always on. So that was just fun to be a part of, seeing a guy just 30, 40, you know, 15 rebounds, seven blocks, you know, six blocks, six assists. I mean, just every night, double teams getting beat up and right. just mentally focused, and it doesn't bother him. So just blessed. Now, Mario, where, do you, where would your game or how would your game translate to the way the game is played today? Easily. You know, I can make shots. I'm a defender. You know, not, not a lot of guys are defending. I mean, look, Tucker, that's why Tucker's so valuable to the Rockets. Guys like myself, Posey and Bowen, will be valuable because we can defend and make shots. Uh, I think my game would just fit perfectly. You know, I, I, I think I might have scored more because you can't touch a guy. Shoot, back in the day, we were scoring with forearms in our backs and our throats. And uh, we, I love the physical play. I miss the physical play, you know. I mean, you get a lot of touch LeBron James, 6'9", 270. He's going to get to the cup every time if he just do this, you know, and, he, and they draw a foul. Let guys play. And it's funny how I fight with young guys all the time who try to compare LeBron, KD, and I fight with my 90s guys with uh, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan. They just think these guys are dominate those guys. I'm like, what eras are we playing in? So I argue with my AAU teammate, my AAU team all the time. You know, they're like, oh, LeBron, Dame Lillard, oh, Steph Curry. And I'm Isaiah Thomas, Magic, Jordan, Elijah Wan. So we just battling, battling, battling. But I take old school all, all day. I love Steph Curry. But people need to watch Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was a, was a hell of a – probably the second greatest point guard behind Magic. So guys did – young fellas, y'all need to do your history on NBA on these guys that came before. They're some pretty good players, man. Definitely, definitely. And what player today reminds you of you? Well, I, I, I hear everybody always say Tucker. I see he changed, my, he, he changed from eight to my number. So I said he need to represent that 17. That's right. a junkyard dog number right there. So I just think P.J. Tucker is a guy who defends and hit open shots. Uh, I like Marcus Smart. You know, Marcus Smart can do a couple multiple things. That's what I did when I played. I can put it on the floor a little bit. I would pass. Rudy would run some pick and rolls for me and Otis. I mean, Otis was the best screener, man. I would get a dunk or Otis would get a dunk. Otis has said the best – OT said the best screen. 24, that was our play. It was either I'm going to get a shot or Otis going to get a shot. So, now, you know, that play. So, what um, – <clears throat> You played for – well, you helped Pop get his first chip, and you also played for a great coach in Rudy T. Could you compare the two now? I had – I called Rudy T at the tail end when I got traded here. And, I mean, he's a – you know, he's a player coach. Sometimes he's just like, figure it out or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He put a lot of trust in his <laughs> players. And I never had the opportunity of playing for Pop. So you had that honor. So tell us a little bit about that. Two great player coaches. Uh, we communicate with their players. He knew how – he knew – they knew the post of their team. Uh, Pop, uh, uh, Pop would take guys out to dinner. 
you know, sit down and chat with him and don't even talk about basketball. He wants to talk about your family. He wants to talk about life. I really enjoyed that about Pop. He treated you sort of as a human being more than a basketball player. He cared what happened in your everyday life. And Rudy was just, and like you said, Paul, he just let you, you know, we had a, we had a, I can say we had a, a bunch of hoodlums in our squad and Rudy, Rudy just let us be us. You know, he let Vernon be Vernon, Vernon yelling and screaming, getting texts. We fighting in practice. But the good thing about our team, we were so competitive. We'll fight in practice, but right after practice over, we'll go eat together. We'd hang out together. And then it showed on the court. We were a close-knit group, you know. Uh, we were very competitive. And uh, both coaches just knew the pulse of their team. They allowed us to be who we are, you know, and uh, enjoyed playing. I got the pleasure of playing with a bunch of good coaches. You know, Don Nelson, all-time winning his coach. Rick Adelman in Portland. So I was blessed. You know, Scott Skiles in Phoenix. So I got to play under some very good coaches, which helped me get into my second career, you know, been a co-NBA coach for 10 years. So I thank all those guys for that. So, yeah, so that's what I was about to ask you about next. So now that's one of the reasons you got into your coaching. How, how did that go, and what was it like being on the other side? It was tough, boy. It was tough. Uh, it's funny how coaches talk about players, i tell you that. <laughs> I wonder what the hell they were saying about me back there, Pose. You know right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, man, so uh, it, it was good. I loved that part of it. Uh, I thank Pop for getting me involved. RC was the first guy that called me to invite me to this training camp to see. I ended up joining the staff the following year and really enjoyed it. Coaches getting together, everybody has their own opinion until we come, you know, come to one opinion. Everybody uh, gets a game, you know, prepare, shoot around and walk through, so. It, it, it's, it's excellent, man. If you love the game, you know, we've, I've been part of NBA 22 years. You love it. I mean, sitting up watching NBA games all the time, sitting on the floor watching the greatest talent. I mean, that's the greatest job in the world, man. Right. <laughs> so now you talk about the, the, the lockout season where you play 50 games. You got guys in the bubble now. I mean, how they talk about asterisk for the championship title, whatever, too. What what you think about that? But hey, a championship is a championship to me. But you know, people gonna have to talk. What's your feelings? I have an asterisk. Everybody had the same. You know, they getting their rest. Everybody's in the same place. These dudes are competing, man. It's right. fun to watch, man. And it's fun to watch this up and coming young talent we got. I mean, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, uh, right. Michael Porter Jr. I mean, the NBA is in great great hands. It's Luka. great to see the great Luka. LeBron James is doing what he do. He's just an amazing, amazing athlete. Uh, miss Kevin Durant doing this playoffs. Miss Steph and them doing this playoff. James Harden is phenomenal. Anthony Davis is special. I mean, a lot of guys, Damian Lillard's run was amazing. So a lot of guys are doing a lot, a lot of good things, and it's good to see. I can't wait to see the fans. I talk to my wife every night. How do these guys do it, man? I love having the fans in the stands. You know, I, I want to get booed. I want right. my fans to give me a boost, you know, when I'm down, you know? I give those guys credit down there, man, playing without no fans. These guys are hooping at a high level. So kudos to the NBA, man, for making it work and for guys being disciplined, you know, staying in the bubble, not getting positive tests. NBA right. did it the right way. Kudos to Alan Silva and the crew. I know it took a lot of hard work. We're seeing some good basketball, and I keep forgetting my fault. I can't stop talking about my man Luca the Don, man. 
Come on, man. Luca the Don, man. Luca the Don. I can't I can't call him Dantage. I gotta call him Luca the Don, man. He earning that respect, man. That young boy, man. Come on, man. Stuff he's doing out there, man. Come on, man. That dude, I mean, he, tell me, Paul, he balling out there, man. He, he is balling. And the Sunday's game, that that was a big game right there. Your other, you know, your other little, you know, running mate go down, don't play, and you end up with a triple dub and a ooh, trade ball for game winner. But but coaching tip, Kawhi, fight over the screen. We don't want Reggie Jackson suit. Come on, you you the defender I, we want on him. Me and you coaches, Posey, fight over uh, that weak screen uh, claim or set. We want you matched up. I, I mean, Reggie. I'm licking my chops. I'm licking my chops. What Shaq be saying? Barbecue chicken? You know, he's like, barbecue chicken, man. I'm like, come on, man. You know you're going to hit him with the step back. Come on. Do, do, do the sky report. He's going to cross over, two-footed step back, cock it back, and let it go. Right. So who you, who you got winning it? I still got the Clippers. Uh, Clippers, I just think, got more talent. Uh, I think Lucas playing great. Um, but I just think Kawhi, man. Kawhi's looking real good. Uh, the depth of the Clippers. Uh, but it ain't going to be easy because uh, Rick. I, I coached under Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle's a great coach, man. And uh, this young boy, man, I mean, they in the series now, but I think the Clippers should be able to get it done. I mean, look at the West, Pose. Everybody that won a game. East, you got three sweeps. You know, West is a beast, man. You got to yeah. play every night. You got to yeah. play every night. But I got the Clippers, man. I think they can get these next two. I got the Clippers in six. Okay. So outside of basketball, you got anything interesting going on? Hey, man, when you a dad of 17-year-old triplets, man, you always got stuff going on. You know, I got my little <laughs> AU squad. We've been balling the last three weeks. Squad looking good. We drugging everybody in our way, you know. Uh, just trying to – excited about my kids being seniors. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going from five – to two Posey within a year. You know, all my kids will be going to college. Right. So it'll be me and my wife would like to get back and doing some coaching and scouting just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, still love the game, still want to be part of it. But, um, you know, this COVID, man, it's just, you know, we're living in different times right now. You know, this is the only way really we communicate, right, via Zoom and phone. Right. So I'm hoping we can get a vaccine so to get back to a little, everybody can get back to a little normal, you know. Right. Be fun and just go restaurant and a bar without feeling scared. Going to a sporting event without being nervous, you know. So yeah. I'm looking for us to get back to normal, but definitely want to get back in the game. Really excited. The game is in a good place. I mean, you don't have to, but you want to comment on some of the, just the social injustice that's going on here, feelings, or you don't have to. But what's uh, your absolutely, I'm just tired uh, of, of black men getting shot and women. Um, police should be held accountable. I know I got a lot of friends that are good cops. There's a lot of good cops out there, but the bad ones who are committing murder need to be held accountable, just like a regular citizen. Just because you got a badge and a gun, don't give you power. You got stuff on video now. Right. The guy was walking away, has no gun. It's seven of you guys. You telling me you can't just grab him, put a handcuff on him? You have to shoot him in front of his kids? Right. Then this cop in Dallas goes in another man's house and shoots him, thinking it's her house. And right. nobody really talking about that one. Breonna Taylor, you busting in our house, shooting her eight times. 
I mean, George Floyd getting murdered, watching somebody get murdered for eight minutes and 46. Come on, we can do better. We, this is 2020. We need to do better. Black lives matter to the fullest. We just want to be treated equally. That's it. We don't want none more. We don't want none less. We just want to be treated equally and fair. Don't treat us because of the color of our skin. You know what I'm saying? So there you have it, man. So at the end of the show, I always had this segment called Free Game. What free game can you give to the people out here? Um, I just want everybody to wear their masks, man. Think about others. You know, think about others. When people got families out there, people losing their job, people dying over this COVID. You know, the quicker we can solve this COVID problem and get it under control. Uh, the quicker people can get back to work, can make a, a can earn a living, man. We can get back to normal, you know. So it's just, it's been tough. The adjustment's been tough. A lot of people suffering, you know. So just wear a mask, follow all the protocols. Let's get back to normal. The quicker we do that, the quicker we can get back to normal. There y'all have it for Mario. Call him Me Baby. Appreciate your time, man. I really enjoyed it, man. You dropped some gems today, baby. A lot of stuff we ain't know about. But appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, Poe, as always, you're my brother, Jameis. Great to meet you. I'm sure we're going to be chopping it up more, my brother. Yes, sir. Scott, I know you in the back in the background, brother. Appreciate you guys having me. Always great talking to man. Good brothers, man. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all be good, man. Enjoy the games tonight. Presenting sponsor of the postcast is greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it is more important than ever to stay safe. At greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products, all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners can get 10% off their order when using the promo code POSEY at checkout. That's P-O-S-E-Y. For 10% off your order of KN95 or cloth mask, hand sanitizer, or other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes. Visit greensupply.com. That's greensupply.com today.